Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK show. Tonight I'm joined by Gareth Ellis. Hello. And Paul Hope. Hello. Unfortunately, we were supposed to have Najee Carrara on, but he hasn't been able to make it. He's having a proper workout by his uh, two, three-year-old daughter, who's given him a bit of a runaround. So unfortunately, Najee can't make it. He may ring in during the show. Not quite sure about that at the moment. Um, But we will keep our ears open for Najee joining us. So we're coming up to a a divisional rival game against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think this is the worst the Seahawks have started under Pete Carroll, so that's a good 10 years. Um, It's looking like a game where, on paper, paper, we should wipe the floor with them. But it's a divisional game, and it doesn't normally work out that way. So before we get into what we need to do to win the game, let's do the predictions first, and then we can talk about why we think those predictions are correct. Right, so just before we start, I will give you the over-under and the point favourites. So the over-under is 45.5, which I think is it's about right. That's, that's how I'm feeling it. And we are three and a half point favourites. So let's start with Paul. Okay, I'm going for a 49ers win, which will surprise nobody. I don't think it's going to be as closely as what we think and I'm going to go for 27 to 17 49ers victory yeah yeah that's that's not a bad one I'll take that Carol, uh, do, you, do you want to have yes. a shot yeah I uh, I do think it's going to be potentially a bit of a tighter game so I'm going to go for a 23-29ers win just a shade on the under and about bang on on the uh uh, point difference. Yeah, so me and you, Gareth, we are in tune tonight. Mm. So I think it's going to be a fairly close game. Um, and I've gone for a Niners 24-20 victory. So one mm. more point to us than what you've gone for, Gareth. Um, I mean, I, do, I don't think pause is too far out there at a 10-point gap based off what both teams have been scoring over the last two or three games. So there's, there's our predictions in. We all go on with the Niners win. Um, I don't believe Najee has texted us his prediction. Um, so hopefully, if he joins, he'll be able to give that towards the end of the show. Well, we know what it's going to be. Jimmy G, 450 yards, five touchdowns. Jimmy Ward, yeah. pick sixes. You know, you know what you're going to get. <laughs> yes, I'd take that, Gareth. Jimmy yeah. W with that many yards and touchdowns. Sign me up, man. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right from um, Najee. I think that is absolutely exactly what he would say Mm. okay so we've all gone for a win um as i said over the last few over the last few weeks uh the 49ers have scored 30 points in the last three games um and on the flip side of that the seahawks seahawks have actually failed to score more than 15 points in the last three games looking at their defense and their offense where they rank in the nfl rankings and where we rank as i've said on paper it looks as though we should absolutely wipe the floor with them. But this is a divisional rival game. It's a divisional rival game 
that has been quite a juicy game to watch over the, the last mm. few years, well, the last 10 years, to be honest. And it, it's not down on Levi's. It's up in Seattle. That that stadium is a proper football stadium. That that stadium was created to give the home team a home field advantage. That is home field advantage. The noise they get there and the penalties that it causes for the opposition when they, they go and play away there. So, yeah, it's, it's a difficult stadium to play in. I found it quite surprising that George Kittler's come out and said he loves playing up in Seattle because, <laughs> because you can feel the hit. <laughs> He's he's like a Sith Lord. That's it. Use the hit. <laughs> so I was quite surprised to hear that because I know over the years we've had some quarterbacks that have struggled up there. Um, Colin Kaepernick, he, he could never, ever do it up there. He struggled quite a bit. He had to rely on uh, the run game more than his passing game. And, and that was before we were found out. Um, if you go back to the 2014 NFC Championship game, that feared to Crabtree and the interception by Richard Sherman, it wasn't his best game throwing the ball. We had a really good defence that uh, got us out of the blocks really early in that game. As the years have gone on, we've been pretty much the whipping boys for Seattle. Um, we have won a game here and there, although Russell Wilson now has a 16-4 and record against us. That is the uh, the biggest margin of wins against any other any other com- opponent he has played um, in his career. So we're coming up against an all four that uh, we like to hate, but we also have a silent um, respect for because Russell Wilson is a good quarterback. He does it right, and as I've said on previous shows, I would like to see Trey Lance used like Russell Wilson primarily as a pocket passer but use your legs to extend players when needed or to scramble to get that first down i'd rather not see design players so if it can be more russell wilson than lamar jackson when he does eventually play which is next season's conversation then i'll be happy but as far as this weekend goes i'm going to put over to either one of you in fact i'll start with you gareth Let's hear your thoughts. What, what do you think we need to be good at? What do, you need, what do we need to improve on other weeks? Where are the areas of concern? Well, first off, I'd like to express my, my deep appreciation to the Seahawks for being so utterly terrible. We've been flexed out of Sunday night football because I've, uh, I've got a fairly early start on Monday. So, so thanks, Pete. Um, you, you've done me a solid there. Uh, it's yeah, I think you summed it up. The divisional games, the the form book goes uh, out of the window. The where you are that goes out of the window. I think we we need to approach the game in a in a business like manner, like we did in Jacksonville. You go up there, you you play your game, you get the win, and you get out, and you and you don't make more of it than than it needs to be. All we all we need to do is is win the game. The Seahawks are going to be desperate to punch our playoff chances in the nose. Um, but also we've got a chance to give them that ninth loss, which ensures they have a losing season. We're, we're that kind of final nail in the coffin of, the, of their season. Um, so it's going to have a little bit of extra spice to the game. Obviously, we're, we're missing Debo, but Elijah Mitchell seems to be practising fine. So we are going to have to make a little bit uh, of, of a change. But hopefully that, that means someone like Kittle or Ayuk is, is going to come into the game a little bit more when we've been relying on Debo. And I think that's a, that's a good thing 
potentially heading into the into the postseason. Uh, and I want to see our defence just get after Seattle like we did down in Levi Stadium, where they started the game with five three and outs. Uh, if we can do that and our offence can actually then keep the ball for long periods, keep us sitting on the sideline contemplating where we might like to get traded to next season uh, and, and play our game, keep the points ticking over and make sure we don't make stupid mistakes and fumble the ball, um, silly penalties, get behind the chains uh, and basically do exactly what we've been doing the last three weeks. We, we are the better team on both sides of the ball. We don't need to force it. I don't think we need to, to panic because they have got that deep ball threat um, and we have got the, the liability that is Josh Norman. Um, so they can score quickly, but I think as long as we can we can keep Russ sat on that sideline, their, their defences can be picked apart quite easily, and, and other teams have shown that. So that's what I'm uh, expecting. I, I hope it's going to be uh, a, a satisfying uh, win. But yeah, we can never underestimate uh, the Seahawks. What do you think, Paul? No, I, th- I think you're right there, Gareth. Like you said, last three games, like when you, when you look back at the stats, we've got a balanced team. Everyone thinks Shanahan is run, 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 which we've talked about on this show. We're not running for huge chunks every time. It's three yards, three yards, then a Jimmy G third down. When I looked at the last three games, we've had 556 passing yards and 535 rush yards. And when I was preparing for the pot today, I listened to Kyle Shanahan and obviously they asked about Debo. Is it going to be a miss? Is it going to be a loss? And depending on which side of the fence you sit on, Kyle seemed a little bit nonchalant. And he was like, we've played out Debo before. I'll just put Ayuk in there. Or I'll put <laughs> Kittle in there. Or I'll put Mitchell in there. And and we've got Kyle Shannon back in his groove. I mean, if you go back and look at some of the runs we've been doing, the run design for me, and I am very biased, I know that, best in football the looks, the motion, the pre-snap. What I like about this team, Lee, George Kittle, some of his comments have been a little bit, he has a passion of hatred for the Seahawks, like most of us do. And he's saying that this is going to be the biggest game of the year. They're not taking this game lightly. For me, I am worried about Russell Wilson, Lee. You know, I came into the sport when the Seahawks were, like you said, the Kaepernick game there. Horrible memory for me, that interception. And I think it was only erased, Lee, with the Greenlaw goal line stand. Mm-hmm. But the Seahawks have won 16 of the last 19 matchups against us. This is why I hate the Seahawks, because they always seem to have our number. And I don't know if either of you lads seen in the group earlier, Wayne Corey, said I give him a shout out. He mm-hmm. asked us, do the Seahawks have a psychological advantage over the Niners like we do over the Rams? And like you said, Lee, Seattle, it's a proper football stadium. You know, their fans are going to be well up for it. They've got nothing to play for. That, to me, makes them dangerous. However, we've got the momentum. We've come off the back of that win last week. The talk, the talk is, are we heading back to the Super Bowl? If you listen to Debo Samuel, love that interview this week. Someone asked him his thoughts, and he was like, well, we're going to the Super Bowl. Chris Sims, I've always liked that lad. He's put an article out saying we're capable of winning the Super Bowl. Now, the hype train is definitely building. Devastated Nadji couldn't join us because I know he wants to jump aboard and pull a choo-choo. But what about you, Lee? Where do you think the game's going to be won and lost on Sunday night? So I think this game is the proverbial trap game. Regardless of what opponent it was, it was always going to be classed as a trap game because of the huge gulf in performances 
between the two teams over the uh, over the season so far. But the fact that's up uh, up at Seattle, it's against Seattle. It it just makes it it makes me extra cautious. It, it could be a game where we slip up. Seattle's definitely going to be up for this game. Russell Wilson's going to have the offense up for this game. Bobby Wagner's going to have the defense up for this game. And I look at the the pieces that we've missed or missed will will be missing. So Debo's out. That's a huge miss on offense. Um, I'm not exactly going to say Trey Sermon's a miss because to me, I don't think he's done that much this season. So I'm not too worried about Trey being out, Trey Sermon. Um, but Debo would be a huge miss. When you look at um, the defense, one is definitely out. That's a huge miss. That, that's a leader. But as, as I said in the um, the review of the Vikings game, Archier stepped up. He was a dog on the field. He led that team. Once Warner went off, so I, I think we do have another leader that can take that role. However, the linebacking core is so beaten up; it's crazy. At the moment, it's looking very doubtful that Greenlaw's going to play. He hasn't trained all week. Um, Marcel Harris concussion; he hasn't trained. I don't know if he's just going through the protocol and has to pass another test before he can train. If if he trains today, then potentially he's going to play. But to be honest, at the moment, I think he's looking doubtful as well. So that leaves us with Alshier, um, Dominic Falls, Flanagan, Flanagan Falls, whichever way around his name goes. Um, and who else have we got? Who else have we got, linebacker? Because with that thin, I can't think of anybody else. Those are the five linebackers. We've got Warner, Greenlaw, Harris, Alshier, Dominic Falls. Didn't we pick up the... Uh like the undrafted free agent. We picked up two of them and ended up like trading one. Well, we traded one and we lost the other because we released them uh, at roster cut down. So Hilliard went to the Giants. Oh, of um, course. Uh, and, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, Kendricks. Kendricks, Hendricks. Michael Kendricks. I think, I think he got he got signed and released. And I'm pretty Again. sure we... <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to think of who's who's going to fill that third uh, line, linebacker spot. And that concerns me. Well, I think in in, in some respects, we, we're going to have to pay, play more probably K1 Williams and, and Talanoa Hafanga and play that kind of nickel, more a third safety type. And that, that might work in our favour because the... The Seahawks don't have that much of a run game. If our if our defensive line can can do well on that, then then Russ has got to throw, and we're going to invite him to throw. Hopefully, into into a secondary which isn't so reliant on on just two cornerbacks. So, secondary is my concern, uh, uh, particularly because Russ likes those those uh, um, long passes down to. Metcalf and, and to lock it and, and they could burn us and they could burn us uh, quickly um, or draw the inevitable pass interference fouls. Yeah, so, I, I think we're going to have a few flags Sunday night. That's, that's... Yeah. I mean, Morsley's been playing well under coverage, hasn't he? And he tends to do well against DK Gareth, like you said. Mm. Um, clutching at Strasley, you've seen not all as well in Seattle. There's a lot of noise coming out from up there. They don't seem to be on the same page. That said, I'm not taking them lightly. But you look around the NFL league, lots of teams are beating up at the moment. Um, and, you know, Ryan's is probably going to have to scheme, like you said. <sighs> I am nervous about Russell Wilson because, like you said, Lee, he always seems to bloom and turn it on against us. He seems to have that bloom and magic, get out of jail. 
you know, you think Nick Boss is just about to sack him and then he does a little twirl and then the ball throws deep. But like you said, Gareth, I'm glad it's not a prime time game because selfishly for us in the UK, it means it's now a 9.25 game. Um, got me white 94 throwback came in time for that. So we always tend to play well in Seattle when we wear that. So I'm, I'm going down that route as well. Yeah. And Josh Norman, your boy Lee, Josh Norman. Let's hope he can get some more forced fumbles out there. Yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully he does, uh, because that seems to be what he's good at. Um, he- he's had the one pass interference in the last three or four games. He started off quite slowly. Like I said, I think, to be honest, I-, I was a little bit harsh with him over the first few games where he was trying to get to speed again, get up to speed. He needed those game reps rather than practice reps to get there. And he seemed to go through a period where he was doing well. He was causing turnovers. He wasn't giving pass interference. He was getting burned a couple of times. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think he's turned a corner, hopefully. Um, let, let's see what happens on, on Sunday night. But our our weakness on defence, our injuries on defence, is why I've gone with the Seahawks scoring 20 points, even though they've failed to score more than 15 over the last three games. And the fact that we're missing Debo is why I haven't gone with the 49ers scoring more than 30 points. I, I think we'll still put enough points on the board to win the game. I just don't think it's going to be as many. However, I am going to make a bold prediction. I'm going to stick to one bold prediction, and I'm going to say Elijah Mitchell has over 200 rushing yards. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, like like we said there, the, the balance is... You're forgetting as well, Lee, Jimmy G, you know, he's been playing well. I know Nadji's probably at home cursing us right now, and it is the proverbial elephant in the room. You think Jimmy G, your eyes rolled. You talked about Trey at the start. But if you go back, look at his efficiency rate in those last few weeks. Third and fourth down is where he's been on the money. He's got that connection building with Ayuk. Gareth talked about in the last pod, and I've been back and watched it, that touchdown, that should have been a touchdown. To Jennings, when Jimmy put the dime in the far corner and he doesn't just get his knee down. And I've gone back and watched that and thought, Jimmy didn't do a lot wrong there. My only worry, Lee, like you said, Kaepernick tended to struggle in Seattle. Jimmy hasn't had the greatest of times up there. But let's face it, Nick Mullins has beaten the Seahawks over the last couple of years. What would be a good result for us is if the Seahawks fans don't turn up. Is if they're so yeah. fed up with the, the standard of play this season. And if you look at some of the forums, they're definitely fed up. It would be good for us if they don't turn up. So there's not as many there. It's not as loud. And it's a lot easier on Jimmy. But yeah, to be fair, Jimmy, I mean, J- Jimmy's one of the quickest decision makers in the NFL. And based off what he, what I saw last week against the Vikings, he's now making those decisions with the harder throws. And he's making the throws. Well, that's what we said, Lee. We, we, if you go back and listen to the other pods, and Garrow said it at the start there, mistake-free football. If you look at weeks one to nine, we had eight total first half touchdowns and we were crying out we can't keep starting slow you know we lost the game against Green Bay because we started slow Seattle beat us because we started slow weeks 10 to 12 we've had seven first half offensive touchdowns it's it's you know it's like the thought right we need to put the switch on now and I know people say oh Jimmy's not elite but he's managing the game but I would take your bold prediction and I would happy that. Are you going to um, add any touchdowns in for Mitchell on that? Or you just no, think no, he's going to rush gonna, the yards? Yeah, I'm just going to stick to... I mean, I think you, I think you will get a touchdown. Don't get us wrong. I think I'm just going to stick to the yardage as being the bold, the bold prediction. Um, because 
if I was going to go bold with touchdowns, I would have to be saying, yeah, he's going to get four or five touchdowns as well as 200 yards. So I'll, I'll just stick to the 200 rushing yards. What about you, Gareth? Any bold predictions for Sunday? Oh, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, Seattle has been beaten at home several, several times this, this year. So maybe it's it's not the, the fortress it used to be for whatever reason. And, and that's possibly because the team aren't aren't performing, giving people something to cheer about. I think the, the important thing is to start the game well, go into half time with the lead, consolidate that lead in the third quarter uh, and have them beaten then because that they don't have anything to really play for. Have, have the game already in the bag early uh, uh, and make sure that we, we can close it out without any, any disasters. I think uh, in terms of uh, a bold prediction, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, say it again. Uh, Nick Bosa's gonna get uh, three sacks. I tried that against Jacksonville and he got two. And I think one one was sort of part. Of, you know, uh, it was his hard work, but someone else uh, uh, bagged the sack at the end. Uh, and I I think that that's where we can obviously cover up any deficiencies in the linebackers or, or secondary uh, because you know Russ is having a fairly uh, hard time with uh, with his offensive line uh, and and we proved that we can get at them when when we played the game at Levi's and we're all over them and forcing Russ into throwing too quickly and and receivers not being quite ready to get the ball all of that sort of stuff we've we've got to keep on from that from the first snap he takes uh, and have uh, Nick Bosa and others right in his face it's possible I think D Ford might play uh, wouldn't hold my breath on it but uh, any any help we can get would be would be good. Um, it's worth mentioning. I think we we've not mentioned before the the new guy, uh, Amoni Omanehu. Um, maybe that's why we've not mentioned him. But he had that good. Uh, that that was a decent effort. It was a decent Better effort. Better than my it was effort, a decent effort. <laughs> o- Omanehu, I think he. Uh, Omanehu. Right in and and tackled uh, uh, the runner, didn't he? I think towards late late in the game in the Vikings, and uh, he played that really well. Ignored the quarterback, played the run, uh, and stuffed him for a three four yard loss. So maybe he's a guy who's going to be coming up to speed and and learning the system and learning yeah. his place. I think you're uh, right. I think he is the guy. Yeah, our, our pass rush has, has has got to get some more teeth, um, particularly against a a possibly soft. Uh, o-line so there we go three uh yeah th- three sacks for uh, uh nick bosa and a pick six there so I, I think that's a good shout you know gareth and i'll tell you why i think it's a good shout i, I don't know how much you've watched of the seahawks Seahawks this season but looking at um, and even before his injury as well looking at russell wilson it, it's going to sound strange this looking at russell wilson it looks as though his mind is now working quicker than his body he he knows yeah. what's happening because of his experience but I don't think he can believe his body's not. He doesn't have the agility anymore to get out of trouble as well as what he used to. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's it's been a shock to his system, to be fair. And I think that's why that's not a bad shout. I think he'll go into this game exactly the same. I, I think his mind will know exactly what he should be doing. But I think his body's going to let him down. To be fair, I don't I think, think the agility's he, he, there or, his, or the speed. He holds so, yeah. on. Ball, I think too long. He used to be quite happy to tuck and run, yeah. and now I think he, he he realizing that perhaps he's he's not quite as as robust as he used to be, and he's he's holds on to the ball for a long time, and his O line's not good enough to buy him that time. Well, I yeah, think you... um, to jump in on there, Lee. Ball prediction for me. I think Morsley is going to get an interception, 
And I also think another battle we've overlooked, Kittle versus Adams. I know when the Cardinals played the Seahawks, Zach Hurts had a field there. And I do believe this is going to be Kittle's breakout game. And I yep. think he's going to get at least one touchdown. But I'll be bold because Gareth's gone for the three sacks and said two touchdowns for Kittle. Nice. Yeah, so so I don't think Kittle's going to be going up against Adams that much. I think he's going to be going up against um, the linebacker, Jordan Brooks. Is it Possibly. Jordan Brooks? I, yeah, that was their I just draft pick, yeah. I just think Adams is... He's, <laughs> He sees himself as a bit of a, a Ramsey, and I think he's going to put himself there. I know the Cardinals yeah. are running on him, and I do think that maybe with Debo being out, they might, I might be wrong. Obviously, you watch the tape and you think that could be a, a key thing there. Time of possession, like Gareth said, we, we've been ball hogs over the last three weeks. The, those drives have been great. I'd lovely to take an opening drive where we just took the soul, like we did against the Rams, punch it in, and then we can just all sit back and have an easy game. That's what I'm hoping for, but whether we get that, I don't well, know. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's our identity now. We, we know that's going to happen, or we know that's what Shanahan wants to happen. He wants to wear down their defence so that they're absolutely shattered by the time we get to the third quarter, which means we can put points on them late in the game as well as early in the game, but control mm. the clock, control the game, play the game the way we want to play it, absolutely tire out their defence. It could be a case of, I mean, if, if I was Pete Carroll, I'd be looking at this thing and how are we going to do this? Are we going to go on offense? Or if they win the toss, are they going to say, "Are we going to go on offense and uh, let them receive second half?" Or do we want to put our defense out there and try and get that three and out as soon as possible, which will stifle the way that Shanahan wants to play? Yeah, it's a good question. Like you said, I think the ideal would be would we get the ball second half, like you said, Gareth said when we played them at Levi's earlier in the season, Lee. It was amazing how many three and outs that first half. We were all, this is it. We're going to beat the Seahawks. And it just didn't translate, did it? But like you've said, we've got our identity now. We've got the momentum on paper. We should be the better team. Bully ball, Kyle's back in his, his rhythm. I don't think we'll see much of Trey Lance. I think I'll just get that out there now. I think he's, you know it's going to be what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. We've got our formula. This is what we're going to do. I've heard sneaky rumours, Lee, though, that Fred Warner may make an appearance on Sunday. We looked on Twitter there while you've been talking. There's, they haven't totally ruled him out. I think I'd be surprised to see him. But if we are struggling, you know, maybe his injury isn't as bad in the throw Fred out there because it is going to be a big game, this one on Sunday. I mean, we win this one after the Saints lost last night. It's starting to fall into place. And there's tickets available for that hype train. Yeah, it's a, it's a big risk, that, though. It's a big risk. I, I wouldn't risk because I don't think that the... It isn't the end of the world if we lost this game. There's other winnable games com- coming up. Um, so uh, you can just put that down to a divisional game away from home. If it doesn't quite work, you know, I, I, that's why I don't think it's necessarily worth risking what looks like a postseason. So, yeah, De- you know, Debo's obviously out, but I'd, I'd keep any other players out who are who are injured because this isn't a must-win game. I think there's there's other games that we've got coming up that will be winnable and should get us over that sort of 10 win mark which we particularly now with you know the Saints losing um, us beating the Vikings uh, some of those other people in the playoff race have dropped those games behind us uh, and a lot of those teams you know the people like the Saints they've got no momentum the Vikings might get get it back but I think they've they've got some divisional games coming up as well so uh, I wouldn't panic if, uh, if if we have a an off game or a dodgy referee decision or it just doesn't quite quite work out so we'll we'll move on to the next one 
Uh, I, I understand what you're saying. Tell. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but I can't help but feel, even though it doesn't mean we're out of the playoffs, I, I think it is a must-win win game, and I think it's a must-win game because of momentum. That's, mm. that's the key word. We need to keep the momentum going into this easy stretch of games because we do have a couple of teams that are coming up towards the end of the season. The Rams and the Titans, granted the Titans have been pretty poor since Derrick Henry went out, but the Rams and the Titans are going to be tough games. And, well, and the Bengals. I mean, to be fair, Lee, we're talking about the hype train. I'm bigging it up because I know Nadji was going to come on tonight and maybe rain us in a bit. And we said a couple of weeks ago, Lee, this is a week-to-week league, and I'm still maintaining that. I'm not trying to focus too far ahead. I focused on the Seahawks this week, and I've seen a bit of noise on Twitter where fans are trying to name Jimmy G, Jimmy W, and it's. I thought Nadji might get confused with Jimmy Ward because I know it's his second favourite player behind the team. But I agree with you, Lee. I think we need... Not must win in the terms of the season over if we lose, but it's that momentum. It's our our rivals. And I think there was a press conference earlier in the week with Pete Carroll, and I think they said they've got like a 0.6% chance of making the playoffs. And he laughed and he was like, what, I've actually got less than 1%. And like you said, they've got nothing to lose, and that could be where they're at the most dangerous. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I said, I mean, they're going to be up for it because it's a divisional game. It's a divisional game that just don't like us. And we, we because they want to be us. <laughs> yeah, get get them wanting to be back in that locker room early because they haven't got something to play for to the end. Get the points on the board and get them beaten. Yeah. So something we haven't mentioned. Do, do you think um, Adrian Peterson's going to be a factor in the game? I hope not. He hasn't done much for the Titans, but yeah. you see the name, don't you? And you think, ah. Oh. But the re-signed Marshawn Lynch, remember Lee? And, you know, Dre Greenlaw soon put seen to that, didn't he? And they, yeah. into their, their famous game. So I know what you're saying. It's worth throwing the question out there, but he's on the practice squad, isn't he? Is he not being elevated yet? Or can they do that on the game day? They can do it on game day morning. Yeah. 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 But yeah. So actually, I just want to go back and answer that question from the group about um, whether or not uh, Seattle have like a, a hold over the 49th. I, I don't think they do. I definitely don't think they've got a hold over um, over Shanahan. Possibly the the last year or two with uh, Harbour going into the the god awful Jim Tom Sula and Chip Kelly years. I mean, we were just bad. It wasn't the case that they had a hold over us. We were just absolutely dreadful. Um, but coming into the Shanahan era, some of these games we've been unlucky to lose. We have. Um, I don't think it's so much a hold over us. I think we've just been unlucky. Um, I mean, earlier on the season, to be honest, we were the better team, but we didn't take our chances because too many penalties and Shanahan was trying to be too clever with two different quarterbacks. He's learned his lesson. I think it's going to be a completely different game up in Seattle. Um, and I think, like I said, I mean, my predictions there, I, th- I think we'll come away with the win. And I'm confident. This is the most I've been confident going into Seattle since the Harbour years. I like that. I like that. Like you said, though, it's, for me, like we said before, we, we move on. Control of time, possession, mistake-free football. And like your prediction, Lee, Mitchell to get the hard yards. 
Jimmy G to air it out in the uh, end zone, like we've all said. So what can, what could possibly go wrong, boys? <laughs> I mean, ideally, that, that, that's what success looks like to me. I, I want to see Jimmy have another good game. I want to see him thrown into tight windows, being decisive like he was against the Vikings. Because I, looking at his face, that, that's what did it for me, looking at his face when he was making the throws. To me, he was just, he was dialed in there. He was absolutely focused. He had no fear whatsoever. And he knew he was going to make that throw, even though he was thrown into coverage. And I, I don't know how many total throws it was into coverage, into tight windows. I'll need to go back and watch it again. But when I was watching it, I was thinking, wow, that was a fantastic throw. That that needs to be talked about. And it was time, it felt as though it was time and time again. It was maybe three or four times. I'm I mean, not sure. If anyone's after the breakdowns, Lee, I know we've been pushing the Twitter account for our own 49er Faithful UK one, but there's one I come across, 49ers underscore film, and they literally break down players and they show you players. And like you said there, some of Jimmy's throws into tight windows. And like Gareth mentioned that Jennings one in the pod last week, so I went back and watched it. And, you know, if Jennings just gets that knee down, people, if that was an Aaron Rodgers to um, Adams, Lee, it's on loop on game day morning. If it's Mahomes to Hill, it's on loop. And yet, it hasn't been talked about. It's just, oh yeah, the 49ers running the ball. Oh yeah, Jimmy's hitting the slant pass here. Let them keep underestimating us, mate. And let that train just sneak on in into the playoffs. I know someone has put in the group who's our hardest game the rest of the season. And I'd put whoever we play in the first round of the playoffs, which yeah, is probably yeah. why Nadji was going to come and pour some water over us. But we're fans, mate. We're entitled to get a little bit excited. You know, you, you know what, Paul? Get... We, we, we enter the business end of the season. There's no yeah. one outstanding team in the NFC. I think the Cardinals have rode the luck. I, I think th- there's a good chance they'll go number one seed and then it'll come down to who's going to get that second place. Because I, I can see the Packers getting beat. I can see the Packers dropping two games, two maybe three games. So mm. I, I think come the end of the season, depending on how, how we play, it's going to be very, very close to who's going to be... Who's going to be getting those seasons? And the Rams have got to break their losing streak because they lose this weekend and we win. We're second. Did did they change the way the seasons work? Because traditionally, sure, it's the, the, the four winners of the divisions are like one, two, three, four, yeah, yeah. based off what theirs are, and then the rest come in as wildcards. I could have sworn, yeah. you know, th- this might be just something that somebody said. You know what? You should redo the seasons because sometimes you can get a wild card uh, team that's got a better record than um, one of the division winners. And I think it was the NFC least. Um, they, they, yeah, their their winners had gone in and they'd get like the fourth seed. Yet the fifth and sixth both had better tra- uh, records. And I couldn't quite remember whether or not they did change the seat. I don't think they did actually. I, so I if Cardinals get one, then we're obviously going to come in at either five, six, or seven. Um, but even then, five, six, or seven—that's still important. It's still important to get one of those, either five or six, rather than seven. But mm. we wait and see. Wait and see how we do. Wait and see if we get in the playoffs. Um, and if we do, hopefully we'll go all the way because we're going to have a meetup in Newcastle, the annual Super Bowl meetup. So I'll get that out there now, just before we finish off. Um, so I'm, I'm in talks with Groves and the Casino again. That's who we had before. We had our own private room. And when I say room, it was basically the top floor. Um, tables, uh, it wasn't table surface, but we had our tables, uh, three, I think it was three widescreen TVs or two mm. widescreen TVs and a big projector screen. 
um, showing the game, so that was good. I think it was £10, you got a bottle of beer, you got a burger and a £1 bet voucher. Um, but like I said, we had our own bar there, we had our own toilet upstairs, although people from downstairs could use that, um, and we had our own tables. So we out the way of everybody, and it, it seemed to work okay. It, it wasn't quite as good as the likes of Bristol or Edinburgh, where you basically just in a normal pub and you all stood around. And to be honest, atmosphere-wise, that seemed to work quite good, that. Um, so Groves and Casino is one of the venues I'm looking at. Like I said, that'll be like a £10 deposit and then we'll get in there. Um, I, I think we actually booked on the day of the Super Bowl two years ago um, and we got in, no problem. So that, that was good. Um, the other place that we're looking at is the Shark Club opposite St. James's Park. They do Super Bowl meet-up every year. Um, all the fans go in there. Um, it's a little bit more expensive to, to get a ticket. You're not guaranteed a seat but you're in a bar full of a load of other NFL fans. And the atmosphere might be a little bit better in there. Um, but we've got options. At the moment, I'm trying to figure out numbers. The quicker we can get numbers, the quicker I can find out what's a realistic option for us. Um, and as I've said in previous pods, and as I've posted in the group, the annual Super Bowl being up will always be in Newcastle. The reason it'll always be in Newcastle is because there's a lot of northeastern Northeast fans, members always travel to all the other ones, um, and the in season one moves around the country. Um, so I'm going to hold my hands up and say it's because it's easier for me. Um, <laughs> it takes a lot to to organise these, especially when you live two, three hundred miles away from the venue. It makes it really difficult because you have to do everything via phone call, email, text message. Whereas the Super Bowl. I'm just on the road, up 20 minutes, up to Newcastle. I can actually go in, talk to them, sit down, find out what they've got. Makes it easier and it just takes the stress off me because it is quite a stressful thing, organising the meetup. Um, and that's why we've decided Newcastle will be the annual one. Um, and to be honest, again, it was just an informal meetup. It was just going to be me, Paul, Andy, our Ben, um, and whoever else was local. It was just so that we could all sit and watch the, the Super Bowl together rather than trying to keep quiet in our own houses. Um, and that's how it started, and it, it's kind of took off on tra tradition now. Um, and anybody that was at the last Super Bowl meetup in Newcastle, you know what the bars were like. It was a really good night before we actually got to the Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, Super Bowl meetups there. Get online, get into the group. Tell us whether or not you're coming or not. If you're not coming in and you want to try and organise a local one where you live, fantastic, over the moon. If you want to talk to me about it, ask tips, hints, what you should be doing, who you should be talking to, that's fine. Do that, but I will not be organising that. <laughs> organising one is difficult enough. Um, so I, I would invite anybody, if you want to organise a local one, please do it. Please do it because obviously it's going to be cheaper for you. Um, you know the area, you know which bars are better, um, and you can get a small group if you're down there. I mean, there's, there'll be no kudos missing from not being at the Newcastle one. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so you, you won't be missing out. Um, I've already been in touch with the 49ers once this season about potentially giving us something we can give away. I won't be going back to them again to do the same thing for the Super Bowl meetup because that'll just be taking the mickey to be fair and I don't want to do that 
Um, so yeah, there'll be nothing given away at the Super Bowl meetup, so I'll make that clear now. Just so if you, you fancy going to a local one, do that. I saw David Young had posted something. Um, the And I should know this because I actually did a, a, an intro video for them. The White Abbey... The White Abbey Masonic... Nah, it's gone. The darts team that he plays for. Uh, I should know that. Like I said, I did do the um, the uh, intro video for the darts team for them. Um, but he's organising one at their venue, at the darts venue, and it looks pretty good what he's got set up there. So if you're in Northern Ireland, I think that's in Belfast. Um, if you're in Northern Ireland, have a word with David and uh, see what's happening about that. And maybe he's all go around and watch the, the Super Bowl together, regardless of who's in it. Right, guys, thank you very much for joining me tonight. It's a, it's a real shame that Najee couldn't join because I, I wanted to hear and praise Jimmy Jimmy J. <laughs> and get on board the hype train, which I know he's fully on board with. <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on. So Najee, Najee has sent me has sent me some um, notes. Let me quickly read through here. Yeah. Just while you're reading those notes, Lee, for people who are thinking of coming up to Newcastle, if we do end up in the casino, as much as the end bit isn't, as atmospheric as the sports bar because the Super Bowl's on at 11 o'clock at night like you've said we do meet up earlier in the day we do go around together in our jerseys and you get quite a good feel that way and then by the time you get to the casino you're ready aren't you for your burger your beer and to sit and watch the game so it's a bit of bit of best of both really yeah it was a it was a good session in 20 what was it February 2020 well it was a good three and a half quarters anyway yeah, we'll, we'll not we'll not go down there, Gareth. <laughs> so, so Najee hasn't given his prediction, but uh, he ha he has given us the start of the script that he was going to use as tonight's host, um, and I'm not going to mention anything about that, and just let him um, let him do that next week, depending mm -hmm. on depending on what the score is on Sunday night, because that that was actually quite good. That I like that. Um, I think Najee was I. I'm going to take a punt, and I think Najee was going to go for a 49ers win. I'm not sure how much by, but I think I think he's turned a corner potentially, and I think well, he, he might can be drop, looking at the win. He can drop his score when you post the link, can't he you? Can, to the yeah. pod, and then people can let us know their thoughts. And like you said, just before you finish off, it's been great to see people's comments, feedback. People wanting shout outs on the show. We've got new fans. We've got current members who. Like you said, Lee, we used to, used to do this and think there was a four of us talking football. So it, it is quite good to get the feedback off people. So please keep listening. Please keep giving us the feedbacks. Yeah, it's very and, much appreciated. And let's go for Sunday, boys. Yes, let's go win. Okay, let's wrap it. So thanks again, once again, to everyone that listened to the show. Remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Also check out our YouTube channel by searching for 49 Faithful UK. Until next time, guys, stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart. Garrison Hurts, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget.